If you have your Bibles tonight, I'm going to ask, if you will, to turn with me to the book of Titus. The book of Titus, chapter number 2, and we're going to look at verse number 8. And then we are going to uh, take a look at Proverbs 25 and 11. And uh, as you're turning there, if you'd stand with us tonight for the reading of God's Word, we have been preaching here out of our series on our walk, the wisdom, and the will of God. Out of Ephesians 5 and 15 has been our central text, and we have just been spending time getting into the Word of God and covering these subjects, and we have been on the subject of conversation. Last Wednesday night, we preached about the content, the character, and the consequence of our conversation. As we've been talking about our relationships and and the way that that affects us uh, within the church family, within your personal uh, uh, families at home, in working relationships, and just in the the public uh, uh, sphere. Uh, our communication and our relationships, these things uh, directly affect one another. Uh, one another. The Word of God uh, lends us to the instruction as to how our conversation should be. And uh, we are going to touch on and, and uh, finish up some thoughts here about our conversation. I had somebody tell me this last week, said, Pastor, uh, God God's Word really challenged me in regards to conversation and what we say and, and, uh, and what we are creating with our words. We had looked at the Word of God as to the challenge as to in the power of the tongue there is life and death. And said those that, uh, those that would uh, partake of that, uh, that they would eat of the fruit thereof. And uh, in other words, we are sowing seed. And uh, there is consequence. There is a reaping uh, for our conversation and for our speech. And so we were dealing with some of those things. And we're going to touch base on a couple of more things in regards to this tonight. I did not just want to uh, just hit on a few things and move on from this subject uh, when I really believe there's a couple more things here that God would want to challenge us about. And so uh, as we look at this tonight, uh, I truly pray that God would challenge our hearts, amen, in regards to our conversation. And so Titus chapter 2 and verse number 8 If you're there with me, won't you say amen? The Bible here is giving some guidelines upon uh, what we are, how we are to conduct ourselves, what is becoming of a man of God. And uh, let me just say this, uh, uh, as a child of God, I believe it's safe to say, what is becoming of a child of God and uh, what does this sound like? There's a lot of people that will tell you their opinion of what it looks like, but the Bible also tells us of what it sounds like. And let me say this, often based on how you sound is what people are going to base their perception of how you 
look. We were talking about how our speech, it is that part of our reputation that goes before us. But here in Titus 2 and 8, listen to this. It says, sound speech. Somebody shout, sound speech. That cannot be condemned. That he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Boy, that's, that's pretty powerful right there. Did you know that your conversations can be conducted in such a way that folks would have to be ashamed to even try to contrive something to come up with something that is evil spoken of you. Think about that. Because our conversation brings a revelation of our character. Proverbs chapter 25. I'll give you a chance to go back there into the Old Testament. Proverbs chapter 25. We're going to look at verse number 11. Proverbs 25 and verse number 11. If you're there with me, say amen. Amen. The Bible says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. What is it trying to say? A right word in the right season is more valuable than you can comprehend. Amen. Has anybody here been told something that was right, but it was at the wrong time? Amen. We're going to delve into that tonight. Amen. Let's pray the Lord to help us tonight. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you, Lord, once again for your word. And I pray one more time you would challenge us. Speak to us, Lord. Help us as we look at your word and we break the bread of life together. Let us feast at the table of the Lord. I pray give us ears to hear and a heart to understand and apply your truth. I pray tonight the Spirit of God convict us, guide us, direct us and lead us. I ask, O Lord, that you would anoint, Lord, our hearts and ears to hear and receive, my mind and lips to preach. We truly give you thanks for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated this evening. Praise the Lord. Here tonight, if we can, I would like to, as I made mention, just have a continuation here on the subject of our conversation. We were talking about the responsibility of the believer, of what it is in our conversation, what it is that we are promoting, what it is that we uh, set out before others. What type of example? What type of testimony? Can I say again and remind you tonight that our words carry weight? That what we say, uh, there are some folks who will who try to separate a distinction. You know, uh, uh, do as I say and not as I do. And and uh, or how many times have we found ourselves in a particular situation to where uh, you have opened the mouth? 
mouth before you engaged your brain. Amen. And as you opened the mouth, you wound up kind of putting your foot in your mouth. That's uh, all of us. I, I, it doesn't matter how meek, mild, quiet you might be. If you're a human and living on planet Earth, I promise you that you've been there. And, uh, and we were talking about the fact that our conversation, it says so much about us, but also not only about us, but truly, it is a, it is a representation and a testimony of the Christ which lives inside of us. Amen. We were talking about the subject here as to the content, the character, and the consequences of our word. And if I can tonight, I would like to specifically zone in here and focus in on two things tonight that I would like to add, if I can, in conjunction with. This first thing we had discussed about when we were talking along the subject of content. But nonetheless, I would like to, I would like to furthermore dive into this. But I'd like tonight to preach about the truth of our conversation and also the timing of our conversation. The truth and the timing. Speaking in conjunction to our conversations. Having content, character, and consequence. I want you to understand that we must always look to pursue truth. We must be avid. We must be diligent. We must make up our minds that beyond the shadow of a doubt that if there's one thing that we desire to possess, it is the truth. Amen. The Word of God tells us this. It says that when it comes to truth, it tells us is that truth is what sets us free. When it comes to truth, we come to find that is the realm in which God abides. We find that God is a spirit. And the Word of God says they that worship Him must do so in spirit and in truth. I want to remind you tonight is that you cannot separate God from truth. They always coincide together. God is truth. Truth is in him. There is no other avenue. Brother Gary, there is no other uh, characteristic. There is in him no variableness. Have you noticed in our society today? Have you noticed even, and I'm not just going to point a finger at the world, but I want to remind us even here in the church have you noticed the going trend is that uh, is that now even within our pulpits now even within the conversation of the believer that attends the church there is a degree of variableness what do you mean by that pastor I mean by the fact that oftentimes, and we said this last week but a lot of times I our idea of truth is what our perception is. What we look at and what we believe to be the truth. What we surround ourselves with and what we feel to be the truth. What 
we, when we look inside of ourselves, and you've heard it said, and I've challenged the church on this on many occasions, where the world today would say things like, you follow your heart. You just, you know, you just kind of go with what your heart says. And if you look at the Word of God, it's very plain to see. Jesus said, don't you do that. He said, the heart above all things is deceitfully wicked. It's out of the heart as to where the manifestations of the flesh, they are derived. He said, if I can paraphrase, from whence comes murders and envies and jealousies and backbitings. And the list goes on and on. And that's why, Brother Christian, the Word of God reminds us about the content of our hearts. He said, because what is in your heart, it will come out. The Bible said, from the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. Amen. The mouth speaks. And so in our defense, we can often say, I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to sound that way. I didn't mean to come across that way. But here's the truth. We had be, be, better be very careful because according to Scripture, that heart is a place, Brother Eli, where those things have been marinating, where those things have been setting, where those things have been rolling over, and it's been there. And, and so. Sometimes, I know, Sister Linda, sometimes it just seems like before we could grab a hold of it, before we could hit the brakes, before we could stop ourselves, I mean, it already run past our lips. And we can't grab a hold of it again after that, can we? I've often found it a little bit interesting or found it a little bit funny, maybe. I don't know if funny is the right term to say. But if you've ever listened to a trial... And as a lawyer is examining a particular witness and something is asked that uh, shouldn't have been asked and the statement is given by the person on the stand, have you ever heard a judge that would tell the jury, I want you to forget about what you just heard? And I'm thinking, there's no way that that happens. I know on the record, I know on paper, Sister Gwen, they've got to say, strike that from the record. That's not going in the transcript. But, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just I never have fully comprehended that because I know, Brother Stanley, that crew that's sitting there, they don't, they don't just flip a switch and say, okay, I, I have no idea what they just said. Because when it comes out, when it goes forward, it's going to land somewhere. And so when we look at this and when we're talking about these things, I want you to understand the importance, again, of truth, the necessity of truth. I want you to understand that one of the greatest tragedies that has affected the church and the testimony of the church, I, like many others, have said and we can recognize that there are certain degrees and areas where the church has become a laughing stock of the world, where we have come across as hypocrites 
hypocritical where we have come across as those who say one thing and do another or brother Gary we do one thing and say something else where we are guilty at times of talking out of both sides of our mouth where we are guilty at times of just running loose with what we've got to say and there is no truth to back it up friends can I tell you this world is as confused as it can be there are people that are lost there are people on their way to hell there are folks that are in need of what real truth is and can I say friends I want to remind you that the thing that must happen is the church be the church again and the church does not be the church because we have we're sitting on a couple of acres of property or because of a name on the sign or because we have services three times a week or because we give an offering or because we sing our songs but if we want to be the church let me mind you it is going to be represented in who we are when we leave the walls of this place who we are amongst our families who we are on the job site who we are in the community who we are in our conversation and may God help us one more time to say Lord let my heart let my conversation let it line up with truth and let me be a promoter of truth and not my ideas or opinions or philosophies of what truth is can I just ask a question I want to take a quick poll. How many in here cannot stand to be lied to? Let me see your hand. Oh, it's unanimous. Congratulations. We voted it in 100%. We cannot stand it, can we? And yet, how often have I, Brother Chad, looked at the man in the mirror and dealt with him because there were things that I would lie to myself about? There were things that I wanted to believe was different. There were things that I wanted to believe. There were justifications and reasons. And there were things as to why I thought maybe, well, maybe I can be exempt here. And maybe this. And maybe I can, maybe I can find a loophole here. And don't look at me cross-eyed because every person in here, there's places in our lives where you look at and you know. You and I both know. We know what God's Word says. You might know and maybe tonight even the Holy Ghost has been dealing he's been drawing he's been knocking on your heart's door and we are yet to surrender it because it would mean we have to yield to the truth can I tell you this tonight I want to give you this disclaimer what I'm saying is a whole lot easier said than what it is done we can sit here, we can nod and amen, say, oh yeah, I believe in speaking the truth. Oh yes, I believe. I, I don't want to be lied to. I don't want this and I don't want that. I, I'm a person of truth. Well, let me say this. It first begins when we look at the Word of God, which is truth. In it there is no error. And the truth of God's word must be applied to our lives and only as we live in accordance to God's word do we walk in truth and can we say that we operate in our conversation 
is in truth. We find the word of God here lets us know that when we center our conversation around truth, he said what it does is it puts to shame those who would be guilty of speaking evil about you. Think about that for a moment. There are times as to where in the church, especially, especially with the advent of social media, how many times have I seen somebody on social media or you listen to somebody in the church, well, so-and-so's against me, so-and-so said this about me, so-and-so, I'm just persecuted, nobody, nobody uh, uh, you know, believes in what I'm saying, or, or there, there is this whole sense of victim mentality, there's this whole sense, and let me say this, is that a lot of times when there are people that do not trust you, do not trust the church, church when they don't take much stock or, or, or don't put much weight in what you say it is often because and I love you you know your pastor loves you I'm saying this with a smile and so I love you tonight but I'm telling you from the pulpit to the back pew we have God and we have promoted and we have told everybody how persecuted we are how unliked we are how beat down we are because somebody did something but did you you know that 99% of the time it is invited by way of our conversation. Amen, Brother Jake. Keep on preaching. Okay, I will. A lot of times it's brought on by our conversation. So I want to challenge you because we're talking about wisdom, how we are to conduct ourselves as children of God, what do you invite into your life by way of your conversation? What do you give people permission to speak of about you because of the way that you carry your conversation? The Word of God here says, and Titus says, there is such conversation you can have that if somebody, Sister Laura, wants to call you on the carpet, they can call you on the carpet. You have nothing to be ashamed of. And as a matter of fact, when you have held to truth, it is them who will wind up being ashamed. Have you ever had somebody before fighting mad at you, confronted you about a situation? And you were able to stand and say, I'm sorry that you're so upset, but I did not say such a thing. Have you ever then seen somebody squirm, trip over themselves to apologize? Because there is shame when they come to speak evil of you when you carry yourself in truth. Now, even though we speak in truth, are there going to be times where we are misunderstood? Are there going to be times we're misrepresented? Are there going to be times that we are still looked, looked at through a skewed lens of humanity? Are there going to be times that truth doesn't set well with people? Are there going to be times as to where you are still ostracized? You are still cut off? You are still the odd person out because you took a stand for truth? Absolutely. Christ said, because the world hated me, they will hate you. But what I am saying, 
thing is too many times there are people who are claiming hurt feelings, but it is brought on by self-inflicted wounds. Amen. Amen. I won't apologize for saying it. It's just the truth. Self-inflicted wounds. He said here, he said to have a sound speech. Careful. I ain't got to vary. What does that mean? That means I ain't got to tell Brother Chad one thing to make something sound good to him. Then I go to Brother Pickens and we're talking about the same subject, but I say something different to him. And then I go to Sister Sheila and I'm saying something different. Same subject, but I'm going about it in different contexts in order to spin a story in order to how it fits to the particular person. That is variableness. That is on the lens to where truth is. I'm going to tell the truth to Sister Sheila. I'm going to tell the truth to Brother Pickens. I'm going to tell the truth to Brother Chad because can I remind you church Sister Sheila is going to talk to Brother Pickens and Brother Pickens is going to talk to Brother Chad and Brother Chad's going to talk to Sister Sheila and too many times the church that is self-destructing the church that has made a mockery is when even the own body cannot trust one another because there's entangled stories God help us one more time to be blameless before men blameless before God God and say Lord let my conversation be truthful amen if you don't know it if you're not sure of the facts can I give you some advice leave it alone leave it alone amen understand truth gives testimony when we are trusted to speak the truth we need not have to worry about our testimony of trustworthiness. It will point to Christ. It's going to lead someone to Christ. Brother Eli talking about this co-worker. Conversations that Brother Eli is having. That's wonderful. God's opening a door and there's opportunity to speak Christ to this man. But what happens is, as I can assure you, Brother Eli, that co-worker is not only listening to the conversations you're having about Christ. He's listening to how you talk on the job. He's listening to what happens when you smash your finger. Come on here. He's listening when a customer comes outside and cusses you out. And what are you going to do? Can I tell you, friends, there's one thing to have a conversation that centers around the church and sounds holy and upright in one place, but it's profane somewhere else. Friends, we've got to get on the same page again and say, God, help me to operate in truth. Operate in truth. I want you to notice, speaking of testimony, listen to what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 1 and 2. He said, therefore, seeing, listen to this, we have this ministry. We have this ministry. Hear what I'm saying. We have this ministry. Oh, that's great, Pastor. You're talking about your ministry. No, we have this ministry. I've said many times, I've said many, many times, you are connected to people I will never meet. Brother Christian, you know people I do not know. 
you are called. Brother Yuda, you are called. Sister Linda, you are called. We have this ministry. Can I say that oftentimes the ministry of the saints, the effectiveness of the church has been undermined by conversation. But Paul said, we have this ministry. As we have received mercy, we faint not. Listen, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Not walking in craftiness. Here's a good one. Not handling the word of God deceitfully. But by manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. He said, we have come. He said, God has commended us. This is, this is to say he has established us. He's established this ministry. It has taken root and set effect in the consciousness of man's mind and heart. Because they knew that we were not working in a dishonest, crafty, manipulative way. But we have presented the truth. Paul said, I don't have to be ashamed. What did he say? I am not ashamed of the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news and the good news is truth. And he said, if I handle the truth appropriately, I don't have anything to be ashamed of. Acts 26 and 25, again, Paul standing before a leader, a leader that has the power of life and death in his hands. And where he speaks, he says, but he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. Truth and soberness. We live in a day and a time we can criticize politicians all we want. But if we're not careful, we as a church have gotten just as bad. We will make empty promises. We will twist. We will, we will maneuver. We will manipulate. And we've got to go and backtrack and say, well, I meant it like this. And I didn't mean this. And I meant it like that. And I didn't mean that. Come on here. We have to present the truth of which we will not be Ashamed, but speak forth words of truth and soberness. Ephesians 4 and 25, this is very simply put. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Can I say that one of the greatest ways that you show that you love and you care about people is to tell them the truth? Can I get a little bit more personal right now? There are some of us, probably truth is, all of us, we all have people in our lives. We've got people in our families. And because it's a son, because it's a daughter, because it's a grandchild, we have resisted from Telling the truth because we don't want to hurt a feeling, because we don't want to upset the apple cart, 
Because, Brother Jacob, I do not want to be viewed as the bad guy. Did you know that as a result of not telling the truth, we have created more casualties in our families, within the church? People have died or they're making choices that they are dying spiritually. And we, as a result, to say, well, I don't want to look a certain way. I don't want to come across a certain way. That's for so-and-so. Pastor, I'll just bring them to church. I'll let you tell them the truth. I'll just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold my peace here. There are some things. Listen, let me tell you what it starts to look like. I know folks right now, right now, I could call them by name, who had set in places of ministry of truth, the truth of God's Word preached. And Sister Kimberly, they lived it and believed it. Today they have grown children who have walked away from God, chosen alternative lifestyles, and as a result of what they think of keeping the peace, have not said anything, but rather they have endorsed it, embraced it, and promoted it. Well, that won't happen to me, Brother Jake. That won't happen to my family. Let me just remind you of something. God is, or, or the enemy is not looking at your family, Brother Chad, and he's not saying, well, I'm going to leave them alone. That's a part of the Wilson legacy right there. I'm just not going to touch them. Uh-uh. He's after the Wilson family. He's after the Smith family. He's after the Hemphill family. Hear me. Do not participate in the acceptance of destructive behavior, thinking that you are just minding your own business. Truth. Truth. Now, Brother Jacob, how do I navigate this? It's got real quiet in here. That's okay. Thank you, brother. Thank you. So how do we navigate this? This is what leads me to the next point. To speak truth is one thing. To speak truth in the right season is another. Truth in the right time, Brother Buddy, is a combination that cannot be resisted. Hear me. In the right time. The Word of God says this, because let me preface this. There are some that maybe you're sitting here and you're nervous, your heart's beating and, you're, and, and your blood pressure's rising and you're upset with pastor right now. How dare you? You don't know. You don't know how touchy that situation is. You don't know about this and that. You don't know what I've overcome just to try to keep peace in the home. Listen to pastor. I'm not telling you to run out of here and you go in there like you're at the OK Corral and you're pulling out pistols and you're just blasting at everybody and everything come on you don't show up at work tomorrow morning and say can I can I have ask your manager can I have five minutes at the staff meeting and you get up there and you look at all your co-workers and say you're all going to hell we're not talking about that so whatever you do, do not run out of this building and say, oh, 
I've been chomping at the bit and pastor gave me permission tonight. Boy, I mean, I'm... I'm going, I mean, I'm going to blast them. I'm going to get this one. I'm going to, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. I'm going to do this. No. Because here is the thing. Is that there are some folks, listen, that because it is the truth, that you have spoken the truth, but it has been out of turn. When you speak out of turn, you can do as much damage as if you set and pacify a lie. There are things. Did you know the Word of God gives us instruction? Instruction as to what we are to do in realms of these conversations. Let me say this here. Let me, let me read to you here real quick. James 1 and 19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, are you ready? Let every man be swift to hear. Slow to speak. Slow to wrath. I want you tonight, church, to think about, again, we're talking about exercising wisdom. I want you to think about the things that help to lead you into the house of God. I want you to think about the conversations of the people that, Brother Christian, you knew they loved you. And you knew they were speaking the tr truth to you. And you knew it was at the right time in your life. And therefore it was effective. It was effective. I said last week, we've got too many people in the pulpit. They just love, pre there's preachers that love to brag. And they'll go out of a service. Boy, I mean, I pinned them to the wall. I really gave that congregation a what for. I mean, I just, I mean, I really worked them over. And some guys wear that as a badge of honor. And that's all they do. That's the only thing they're known for in their ministry is how rough they can be, how abusive they can be. And then there are those who are sympathetic to the listener, don't want to ruffle feathers, don't want to preach about sin or against sins. We don't want to offend anybody. So I said last week we've got these two different parallels, two different dichotomies that are going on. But what does God's Word say? When it comes to truth, when it comes to speak it, listen, let me just remind you what the truth of God's Word says. What it says in regards to what the Word of God does. It says this, all Scripture, Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Listen to this. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And just as there are some who their silence is detrimental to those around them, it does not also mean that if we take the truth and we run through and we're trying to cut everybody's head off. It doesn't work that way. Understand, he said, be swift to hear. Let us come together and consider the matter. Let's think on it. Let's pray about it. There's a noble idea. If you want to utilize wisdom and speak truth, when somebody comes to you, and, and just go with me here. Go with me here on this. Somebody comes to you and you know 
Their idea is dumb. Thank you, Brother Udy. I want somebody to be real here tonight. You know what they're thinking is dumb. You know what they're thinking, what they're planning has not been thought through. You know it's detrimental. Instead of, it is not effective. It is not effective right then just to, I mean, pull grenades out and start land blasting somebody and say, well, here's what I think and this is what you should do and all that. Did you know one of the greatest practices that I have learned as a pastor is when Brother Gary, somebody comes and says something. Maybe it's trouble in the home. Maybe it's conflict with another member. Maybe there's a situation in life. Brother Segura, the thing that has produced the most wisdom in my life has been, let's pray about it. Let's pray about it. Some folks, I know, they use pray about it as they want to pray about it for six more years. No, no. I'm not talking about that. But did you know, can I just, I'm just telling you a little secret, pastoral secret. Just so you're aware, if I ever use that term with you, it's because what I'm wanting to say is this. I love you. I want to be honest with you. But I want to be sure that I hear it, process it, and pray it through before I give you an answer. That's what I want to do. And that should be our response. He says, the word of God is profitable for all of these things. There's times God's word corrects. It's not fun to be corrected. There's times it reproofs. There's times it's for teaching, the doctrine, for edification. There's times of the Word of God. I mean, it's so encouraging. And boy, I mean, we're just, we're walking out of here on cloud nine. And then there's times to where the Word of God, the Word of God is a sword. And it's the sharpest sword there is. And it gets in, Sister Cindy. And the Bible says it cuts into the joint and the marrow. It gets into the place the psalmist said, with your word, if I can paraphrase, he said, Brother Hemp, he'll scrape the walls of my heart. We have to understand, everybody in here, you can testify of the fact that truth has been given to you by way of God's mercy. The word of God tells us this, with what measure you meet, with how you put it out, it will be measured back to you again. You pride yourself on being a hard case, a hard head. You pride yourself on being quick-witted and sharp with the tongue. You will eat the fruit of that. You will deal with the consequence of it. And the Word of God says, not pastor, but the Word of God says, that is how you will be dealt with. That's what he told Peter. When Peter cut off the ear of Malchus in the garden and Jesus reached down, he healed the, that guard right then and there. And he told Peter, he said, Peter, if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. And so this is what we have to understand. 
Please do not set confused if you think everybody's always so sharp with you and, and everybody's all of this with you and you think and you develop this persona of, well, poor me, poor me. Maybe it's time to examine yourself and your conversation. Is that how you deal with others? It could be that's what's being meted back to you. I know that that is not popular to say. I wish tonight we could shout and, pre and preach and swing from the chandeliers and everybody say, ooh, glory, what a service. But tonight, this is one of those things. We just got to look at what God's Word really says and how it must be applied. Truth and timing. Timing. I want you to understand that with timing, and I'm coming to a close here. I want you to understand with timing, we, we see here, I, I, I want to I say this. The Bible declares there are sensitive subjects, and these subjects are beneficial and they are profitable to the individual as well as to the church body. All too often, though, we assume that these tools are profitable whenever we see fit. We take no thought in the timing of using them. We take no thought in the timing of when to use them. You can have the right tools, but if you're using it at the wrong time, let me give it to you like this. I want you to understand is that when they are used in the wrong time, they tragically end up as instruments of division, damage, and maybe even the destruction of a soul. Think about that. The destruction of a soul. Maybe tonight there are some of us that are around somebody and you've been telling them the truth and you've been praying about it and you've tried to be sensitive to the Lord's leading and you understand how crucial it is. Brother Wesley, you've got a gentleman right now. God's laid on your heart. You've been praying over him. You've been praying about it. You've got concerns that are legitimate. You love him enough to tell him the truth. And I believe you're trying to be led by God for the timing of things to be said so that he's not lost forever. You hear me? You hear me? Eternity, life and death, we're talking about our conversations are weighty. They're weighty. Seeds that are sown out of season are wasted. However, when seeds of conversation are sown in the right season, it will produce a harvest. It will. You don't, I'm not a farmer, but I do know one thing. You don't plant corn in the winter. Don't. You don't plant it to, to try to reap a harvest in the winter. Brother, Brother Christian, have you ever showed up to the watermelon, watermelon patch in December? Why? There ain't going to be none, is there? So when's watermelon season, Brother Christian? Summertime. And I have been craving me a Billy Boy's watermelon. I'll tell you that right now. Can the church say amen? And Brother Christian, me and him was talking about it the other day. And I said, man, I can't wait. I said, when are you going to go pick some watermelons? And he was telling me. He said, Brother Jake, he said, you know how hot this weather's been? I said, yeah. He said, that makes for good watermelons. 
He said, we're just going to let them sit a little bit longer. He said, because the hotter it is, the drier it is, the better it is. And when the time is right, Sister Cindy, that's when you go and you take the fruit. Can I say tonight, church, I really, I really pray. I hope, first of all, that you know your pastor's heart. Secondly, I hope that you understand the pertinence of what I'm trying to say here tonight. Is that when your words are sown in the right season, it will produce a harvest that you can go and you can partake of that fruit. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to be... There's no place or room for the accusation. You understand? Now listen, Brother Danny, if you'd come. Now listen to me. Are there times that you can say the truth in the right season and it still be rejected? Yes. Yes. I've been in services. Matter of fact, we had such a service a few Sundays back. If you remember, the Lord kept dealing in that service and dealing in that service. And I even said in the microphone, I said, there is somebody here you have got to respond today, right now. God is dealing with somebody right now. The season was right. The word was right. But Sister Cindy, that person still had to make a decision. What I'm saying is we have a responsibility. We live and we fulfill that responsibility. And then, Brother Keith, we leave the rest in the Lord's hands. We leave the rest in the Lord's hands. Somebody tonight, as we close this service... You need to hear that last point. You tell the truth. You pray about the timing. But then, Sister Kimberly, then, Brother James, a lot of times we're telling the truth. We're praying about the timing. We think it's the right season. And Sister Carmen, we still want to get in there. God says, do what I've asked you to do, and then you let me do the rest. I spoke with a lady tonight before service. She said, Pastor, she said, I believe all the signs are there that God's dealing with my boy. God's drawing him. There's things, she was bringing up things that he's not comfortable with right now, and she knows, she recognizes that's the Spirit of God dealing with him. I said, that's good, sis. That's good. And can I promise you, can I promise you that that mama, I'm sure she's chomping at the bit, wants to put her hands right in the middle of it all and say, come on, come on, come on. But she's doing the right thing, Sister Laura. Speaking the truth, Brother Gary, the right timing. And guess what? Here's what the Word of God says. That a man comes to repentance as the Spirit of God. Woos that heart. Deals with that man. Oh. God will use us as a vessel. 
He wants you to operate in wisdom so that you can speak truth and the timing of it is right, Sister Debbie. And then God says, now. He starts rolling his sleeves up and he says, now. Watch. Watch and see. Watch and see. Well, Brother Jake, it's been a long time. Brother Jake, we're still praying. Brother Jake, we're still heartbroken. Brother Jake, we're still worried. It's okay. Tell the truth. Use his timing. Pray it through. And then let God. Oh, they can fight, kick, squirm, cuss, do all that they want to try to do. But can I tell you, God's got a way of putting his hook inside of the jaw of somebody and pulling. Have you ever been deep sea fishing where you throw that, that bait out there and something grabs a hold? And Brother Pickens, you reel a little bit and then you let some slack. And that flounder, that redfish is out there a-fighting. I mean, you feel like you got, you got a, a whale on the end of that thing. All that fighting going on in you. And you know what, Brother Chris? You let him go a little bit. And he, he's out there and he's fighting. But Brother Benjamin, guess what happens? There comes a time the fish on that line says, I sure am tired of fighting. I feel that tonight. Sister Diana, there comes a time he's going to say, I sure am tired of fighting. Sister Karen, there's going to come a time they say, I sure am tired of fighting. Sister Heather, there's going to be a time they'll say, I sure am tired of fighting. They'll say it, Brother Marvin. And then God begins to pull them in. Sister Chambly, that's why we keep praying. That's why we keep using wisdom. That's why we use truth and pray about timing. Because there comes a point. They say, I'm just going to give up the fight. And God says, now, watch as I draw them in. Can we bow our heads all over this house? Father, I thank you tonight for your word. Lord, I thank you for every heart and life. I thank you tonight for truth. Challenge us, Lord, that we embrace truth, that we love it, we live by it, we speak it. We don't have to make any apologies. We don't have to be ashamed of it. We don't have to... Worry about how it's going to affect our character. It represents you, Lord. I pray it help the church. Let us not be guilty of the fact that we have been so busy doing one thing and saying something else. Or where we try to manipulate and twist and turn things around and give our own perspective of truth. Forgive us, Lord, when... We've sat in silence and not spoken the truth. And it's creating casualties around us. And Lord, I pray, give us wisdom as we want to speak the truth. And we speak the truth in love. That's what your word says. 
speaking the truth in love. Father, that we understand that a word fitly spoken, timing is everything. There is a time for every purpose. There is a season for every purpose, everything under heaven. And Lord, help us to understand that. Help us tonight, Lord, that we prayerfully consider those things. Tonight, church, maybe there's loved ones. Maybe there's situations going on. I know that we've hit on the family. I know that we've hit on these relationships. I know that we're dealing with some of these things. I know there's households all in this church. We see the effects of sin. We see the effects of bad decisions. We see the effects of people all around us who do not walk in truth. Or they have a skewed version of truth. But I pray, God, help us tonight that we desire to exercise wisdom, godly wisdom. And that we guard our conversations. That we speak truth and righteousness. And we live it. And Lord, we seek the right seasons and time. If that's your desire tonight, if you'd say, Pastor, I want my conversations to be cloaked in truth, and I want to know God's timing. I want to be sensitive. I want to be spirit-led. I want God to open the right doors at the right time so that the seeds of truth can be planted. And then, God, I'm going to watch you work. I'm going to see you work. If that's your desire tonight, why don't we come and find ourselves a place in these altars? Why don't we come tonight and say, Lord, would you challenge my heart? Maybe tonight you have had some self-inflicted wounds because of conversation. And tonight you need to just get that under the blood. You need to ask God to help and to direct you. Maybe tonight there are things that need to be brought back into check. Maybe there's a skewed version of truth. Maybe there's a situation that's going on. And you would say, Brother Jacob, I, I need to... I need to look at this the way God sees it, the way that God says it. Lord, help us tonight not only to operate in truth, but Lord, the right timing, a word fitly spoken, the right thing said, the right time. Pray tonight, church, that God give you the right doors of opportunity, that God put you in the right place, the right time, the right season, the right person for God to do a work. Oh, for God's spirit to draw. Lord, would you challenge us tonight? Lord, would you challenge us tonight? Lord, would you help us to trust you with the truth? To trust your timing. And Lord, to know that you will draw the hearts. Lord, you will deal. Father, you will make the way. You know exactly what you're doing. You know exactly. You know exactly how to deal with that heart. Oh, Father, we love you.